Hey, everybody. Did we not have a great Christmas Eve service here? Powerful. Man, my applause to the whole team. And uh, Shane's message, and as he preached, I thought, oh, I can hardly wait to preach because I'm going to just build on that. See? Isn't that how it works? It just works like that. Now, you all got some incredible presents, I know. I want you to lift them up so I can see them. <clears throat> but I want to ask you to give yourself a present now that we're entering into the new year. You all know we're going to Israel, don't you? In April. And that trip is not full. It still has some spaces. We want to take a full group. And so I'm asking you to prayerfully consider getting yourself there. It'll change your life. You will not be sorry. And uh, by the way, I am not about to let any terrorists keep me from traveling. If you're afraid, this sermon is for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, we took 49 people there last March. And I think conditions were tougher then than they are now, frankly, over there. And on the last day, I asked every single one of them personally, did you feel safe? Do you know what they all told me? Every single one of them. We felt safer here. We feel safer in Jerusalem than we do in Las Vegas. And I guarantee that. I've been there six times. I've never felt safer. And I can hardly wait to get back. So there are brochures outside. You can just, you know, you can figure out a way to join us. I would love that. Now I want to preach. Because Shane asked me to do this last sermon of the year. I'm so glad to be able to do it. Last year I couldn't do it. I was all chemoed up, you know. And so it's just an honor to be back here. And uh, so kind of emotional thinking about that. But I thought, what can I do that would be a blessing to all of us? Do you know that very early on I felt convicted to share the three prescriptions that I share almost every week when, it, when I'm counseling people in my office? Because you see, there are three thought enslavements that paralyze many Christ followers and I don't want that for you anymore. I remember Bob, who was a longtime elder of a church I served, a longtime Christian, and he would come in and explain how fearful he was. He could hardly sleep at night because of his anxiety. And so I gave him a prescription from Philippians 4, and it changed his life. Rob and Jenny came to see me. Jenny loved Rob. She wanted to marry him, but she would not commit to him because he was, a, he was addicted to alcohol. Rob loved Jesus, but his addiction destroyed his pattern of thinking that hijacked his life. And I gave him a prescription from Philippians 4. And that, along with Celebrate Recovery, which we're starting here soon, uh, it changed his life. Barbara was the CEO of a company she'd started. 
But she had a private battle that nobody knew about. Every day she got up to go to work, she had to talk herself going into work because she felt so insecure. And then every time she would get up to speak, she was filled with such insecurity, she could hardly get up in front of people. I shared a prescription from Philippians that changed her life. And so I want to show you what these three paralyzing thought enslavements are. And I would guess that any number of you, in fact, I had some people, a a bunch of people from the first service say, thank you, thank you, because I am so involved in anxiety and worry, I don't know what to do. And then the thought enslavement of destructive and addictive thinking. You know, there are crippling and negative and harmful thoughts that you have allowed to be a part of your pattern. And those turn into addictive patterns. And it's just keeping you from who God intended you to be. And then the third one is insecurity. There's not a person in this room who has not struggled from that just recently. You fall into this deep pit, those debilitating thoughts of self-doubt and uncertainty and fear and They produce this feeling of being a victim, this helplessness, this lacking worth. And they are joy and peace robbers, all three of them. Jesus is in your life. He has changed you eternally, but you're foregoing wholeness because of these devastating habits One or all of them are sucking the joy out of your life and diminishing your witness for Christ. And I want to say, stop it. Get a grip. God doesn't want you to live that way. I don't want you to live that way. So I'm asking you, what would you give for nine verses of the Bible that would guarantee to transform your life, your home, your career, increase your personal wholeness and productivity in 2016. Does that sound good? And what would your family give for that? And what would your boss give for that? Drug companies are spending a billion dollars a day on advertising their prescriptions, many of which are designed to help you overcome these three challenges in life. And right here in our text, we have divine prescriptions for all of them. So I want you to open your Bibles to Philippians, the fourth chapter, and I want to begin reading with the fourth verse. The Apostle Paul is in prison, if you can imagine him writing such a joyful book in prison. 
Now, he's writing to the Christians who live in the city of Philippi, the home of Marie Callender. I just made that up. He is thanking them for remembering him with the gift of money. In thanking them, he's also giving them some of the most powerful teaching on how God wants to permanently change their lives. And the theme of his little book is joy. And he begins by saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Aren't those great words? And how many people do you know who live like that? Uh, would you like to be a person like this, or do you want to be an Eeyore? <laughs> Rejoice. Again, I'll say it. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, the words rejoice or joy are found 12 times in this little book of four chapters. And remember, Paul is in prison writing it. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's right next to peace. Joy and peace are not dependent upon the circumstances. Joy and peace are found in our relationship to the joy giver. The security provider, provider himself, Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is the Lord, if he's our maximum authority, then he is the Lord of your thoughts and your emotions. And rejoicing in Jesus then is the atmosphere in which you live and move and have your being. That's the way he built you. That's the way he made you. That's what he wants to do inside you. And now look ahead at verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul, tell us your secret. What a great secret. Here it is. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then he talks a little bit about the gift they sent him, and he concludes this thought in verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Is this just fluff, or is it real? Now, here's what I want to do today. Between joy, in verse 4, and between empowerment... In verses 13 and 19, we have three prescriptions that will literally change your life. A prescription for anxiety and worry, and I've given each of them an acronym so that you'll remember it, NFL. And then destructive and addictive thinking, and I've given that an acronym, CEO. And then, insecurity. And guess what? You get another acronym. CPR. So here we go. A few years ago, actually, I preached on this first prescription, NFL. And there's not a Sunday goes by, but what some of you don't go by and say, I'm still NFLing it. 
And I got an email just last week from Joe. I hope Joe's here today. He said, my first Sunday in your church, in, in, the, in the crossing, you were preaching on that. And I came in all messed up. And he said, that I, my life has changed. And I, ha I go back to that message that got it started. Is that powerful? So this works. This works. I want you to read verses 6 and 7. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, oh, I, I, I jumped ahead. It's, it's six and seven. Uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will keep your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I want you to learn how to nip it and flip it and launch it. NFL. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Can you believe that? He said that. Don't be anxious about anything. The minute anxiety strikes, where does it strike? Right here in the breadbasket. Yeah. And if you would follow me around, you would see me going, mm, because I'm nipping it. And then I'm flipping it up to heaven. The only place it can do any good, see? The only place it can get answered. I flip it. And then I launch a prayer request with thanksgiving. I turn that anxiety and that anxiousness and that worry into a positive request. I make it with thanksgiving. And do you know what happens? I've experienced this for 55 years. There is a peace that I can't even explain. It just takes over and it works. I went into surgery four years ago without one sense of worry or anxiety because I had so constantly flipped it and I had so constantly launched it. And then you practice that 24-7 because you see that kind of peace, it has to become a habit. And the minute you feel that angst, man, you just... When you get that gut, gut wrench, you just grab it. That anger, that frustration, that fear, that bad news, and then you just flip it and launch it. So relationship tensions in your marriage, your family, your kids, people who you thought were your friends, on a moment-by-moment moment basis, say it with me, NFL. <laughs> yeah. Those financial fears, those health scares, single parent not knowing what to do. On a moment-by-moment -moment basis, I want you to ask you, say it with me, N-F-L. Anger, impatience, eating your lunch. Nothing robs your joy like standing in a long line or getting cut off in traffic or getting frustrated with yourself and others, and that's when you need to just take a deep breath and say it with me. N, F, L. Control freak? <laughs> and there's some 
and I hate to say this, but control, control freaks are often guys. There are a few women out there who are control <laughs> freaks. And you, your husband just said, I'm glad he said that. <laughs> You're trying to control your universe. Stop it. <laughs> who do you think you are? Who appointed you God? For the sake of your family and everybody else around you. Say it with me. N F L. Now there's another prescription for destructive and addictive thinking. Let me talk about that for a minute. Jesus said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. From the abundance of the heart, a man speaks. From your infancy, you've, your personality reflects a certain temperament. And that's why we have such a hard time getting along with other people, because they're differently temperamented. Isn't that awful? And we try to change them. And we marry this person because they have a different temperament, because it's cute in courtship. <laughs> and then it kills our marriage, because we're trying to change them, see? But you've got this temperament, and then your mind and your heart is fashioned by your environment, your home and your school, and the people that kind of pour into your life and influence you. And along the way, you develop some stinking thinking. <laughs> Approaches to life that are toxic and limiting patterns of thinking that lead to detrimental behaviors. That phrase, stinking thinking, comes from the 12-step program, Alcoholics Anonymous. It's when you do the same things over and over again. It's the definition of insanity, see? You do the same things over and over again, somehow expecting that this time they're going to turn out better. <laughs> so how do you change old patterns of thinking for uh, some addictive free living? And by the way, every one of us in the room is addicted to something. It may not be drugs, it may not be alcohol, but you're addicted, trust me. You probably have not, some of you, even faced that fact before. How do you leverage your destructive habits into constructive living, old thoughts into creative new actions? And what I'm about to read for you is Paul's, it's his prescription for long-term peace. NFL is his prescription for short-term peace. Nip it, flip it, launch it. How do we maintain that peace over a longer period of time? The next verse, look what he says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I want to ask you to CEO. I want to ask you to catch 
elevate and exchange and orchestrate what's going on in your heart. Capture. I'm asking you to capture. In, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, the Apostle Paul said, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. There are times in your day when you need to stop and you need to capture your stinking thinking. You know, the victim think, the addictive think, the critical think, the entitlement think, the power think, the anger think. Now, I don't have to go into detail on all those because you know when you're doing the stinking thinking. It's messing your life up. And every pattern of stinking thinking limits your wholeness and it limits your productivity and it limits your relationships. It robs you of joy and peace. It, it's all self-centered, really. Totally counterproductive. And so capture it and then... Elevate it and exchange it. Elevate it for Jesus' think and exchange it for his words and his excellence and his worship. The words that I just read, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever, those are all words that describe Jesus. And then he says, orchestrate. And then I say, orchestrate all that. Orchestrate the word of God. Orchestrate your worship of God. Orchestrate what would Jesus do. Begin thinking on those things. Orchestrate those things until the Spirit empowers you to overcome. And until the Spirit gives you the peace. Fill your heart with the rare air of excellence and praise. See, whatever is true, the truth is your stinking thinking has never made you happy. It's, it, it's never fulfilled you. It wastes precious time. It takes away from your enhancing relationships. The truth is I can't do it on my own. The truth is I am powerless. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His truth will set me free. I surrender. And so I capture. See, I grab it here, see, and I capture here, and I elevate it. I exchange it and I orchestrate my praise and my worship and my concentration on Jesus. Victim think. Feeling like a victim. Feeling like it's somebody else's fault. Man, I had to, I, I had to get away from victim think twice this morning. <laughs> I did. Boy, that is such a common thing. We fall into that one, that stinking thinking. You can't win, you feel like. Feeling sorry for yourself. 
Your heart needs, say it with me, C-E-O. Negative think, depressed, the glass is always half empty. You're critical of everything and everyone. Your heart needs, say it with me, C-E-O. Addictive think, wow, things are not going right, things getting tough. You automatically go to your addictive default, which may be your phone. I said phone. It may be your favorite computer game. It may be eating. It may be getting high. It may be drinking too much. It may be pornography. It may be sleep. But your heart needs CEO. You need to capture that stinking thinking, that escape from reality. The truth is that escape has never brought you anything but heartache and bigger problems. Entitlement think, anger think, power think, all of those. When you think you're entitled, how many people, yeah, how many times does that happen? We think we're entitled. Angry that she doesn't agree with me. Used to taking what I want by control. Stop it. Get a hold of your heart. It's time for CEO. And then there is a third prescription that I want to introduce, and it is CPR. CPR. When insecurity gets a hold of you, this is Paul's prescription for that. I want to read from verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here it is, I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. And then verse 19, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of Christ in glory. Insecurity is that dark hole into which you slip when you feel inadequate and when you feel fear fearful. And don't tell me you don't slip there. Did you know that insecurity is mostly caused by covetousness, breaking the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet? Do you know what the word covet means? It means the itch for more. Did you know that? When you're coveting, you're itching for more, more approval, more recognition, more assurance, more resources, more attention, more self-worth, more affirmation, more security, more money, more health, more protection, more safeguards, more Stability, more stimulation, you just name it. 
And then, of course, we live in this culture which has created three coins of human worth. Do you know that the gold coin of human worth is beauty? The silver coin of human worth is intelligence? And the bronze coin of human worth is material wealth? And very early on, we begin comparing ourselves with others and measuring ourselves against them. And this is a very altogether important part of awareness. And this awareness can be very healthy, but it becomes unhealthy when we become insecure because we're not as pretty as or because we're not as smart as or because we're not as well off as. And then we begin to itch for more. We covet because we perceive that we don't have what everybody else has. And so when we start to get insecure for any one of these reasons, I'm saying, catch yourself. You're falling into this black pit. And then P, position Jesus in the center of your soul. Catch yourself, position Jesus in the center of your soul. Lay your current insecurity at his feet and then begin claiming I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you do this you are taking a deep breath to allow his empowerment and his security and his limitless resources to come into your soul. And here it is, the secret of contentment. Contentment is not the absence of problems. It's not the absence of difficult circumstances. My goodness, you're in the midst of all of those. It's not having everything you want. Contentment is finding rest in the endless resources of Jesus. It's realizing that peace can only come from him and knowing him personally. It comes from internalizing another acrostic that I'm going to give you. Here it is, rest. The R stands for rest in his resources. I believe the Bible teaches that we can do this. Paul said, I know how to be content. I know how to be content when I don't have anything because I've learned how to trust. I've learned how to rest. Here's the, the, uh, does it surprise you I've done another acrostic? <laughs> R stands for rest in his resources. E, e stands for enjoy God in the moment. How long has it been since you've just kicked back opened up your arms and enjoyed God in this moment. Nothing to do with your circumstances. Nothing to do with what you have or don't have. You just enjoy him. 
and then you are solely satisfied and secure. Could I get another S in there somewhere? <laughs> in having a personal relationship with Jesus who has done everything for you here and in eternity by his stripes, you are healed. And then totally trusting in God's ability to provide. I'm telling you, he will provide for you, and he just may need a chance. You've got to trust him. God is your source. Your boss is not your source. Your wife is not your source. Your husband, your family, your paycheck. God is your source. And when I'm affirmed by him, I don't need to be affirmed by anybody else. I don't need to be affirmed by anyone else to feel adequate or to feel content. If my boss affirms me, if my spouse affirms me, that's a bonus. But my sense of adequacy comes from Jesus. And when I experience that contentment and that empowerment, I have a peace that defies explanation. And I apply that 24-7. And the minute you start sliding, CPR, it works every time. Young man, young woman, feeling insecure because you're not as pretty? Hear me. We've got a lot of young people in here. You're not as bright. You're not as eloquent you don't perceive yourself to be as good as someone else? God don't make no junk. Take a deep breath. Your soul needs to enjoy God in the moment because he loves you beyond anything you could imagine. You are his precious, precious doll, his precious, precious child. Your soul needs some CPR. You need to capture. You need to catch yourself, rather. And you need to position Jesus in the center of your soul. And you need to rest in him. Husband, wife, you've just come away from another fight where you succeeded in making each other feel inadequate. And it didn't solve a stinking thing. Take a deep breath. Your soul needs some CPR. Employee, student, feeling inadequate because of the way you have been critiqued on your performance. Smarting from the names you've been called. Take a deep breath. Your soul needs some CPR. Just from the, come from the doctor and he tells you that you've got cancer. Or maybe you come from the doctor and he tells you he doesn't know what's wrong with you. Your soul needs some CPR. So, I want to ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to memorize and practice. Could I?
Could I ask you to memorize these nine verses of Scripture? And could I ask you to practice them 24-7? Don't settle. These verses work. They liberate you. They compound your influence. And they bring glory to God through you. And I can give testimony to that. When I went through my cancer four years ago, and then just this last year, cancer again, and I can tell you I went out, and every single night, night after night, I NFL'd it. I CEO'd it. I CPR'd it night after night. And you know one of the verses that just came through constantly? All the days ordained for me, this is Psalm 139, 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Did you know that? You can't add one hour to your life, Jesus said, by worrying about it. He's ordained your days. He knows exactly how many days he's got me here. So, so why should I worry? Even if they tell me I got stuff. See? And so, I want to ask you very quickly to do three things. I want you to put boundless boundaries around your thoughts. I want you to lift them relentlessly to heaven. And I want you to practice total trust in Jesus. And here it is, our big idea again. Memorize and practice these prescriptions that increase your personal wholeness and productivity, blessing everyone around you as you ooze a joy and peace that defies explanation, bringing unusual glory to God in 2016. Let's together ooze a personal wholeness that catches people off guard, make them say, wow, what's up with you? And then brings instant credibility to the difference Jesus can make. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. God, I, know just, I just know there's somebody here who just really is saying, I need to invite Jesus into my life. I need to let this be the moment I surrender. God, I want a productive, wholesome life. I want, to be f I want to be free from the paralyzing thought patterns that occupy so many people. I want Jesus to reflect his joy and his peace in me. So God, I'm thankful for somebody who's just simply saying, Lord Jesus, come in. I invite you in. And God, take us out of here to have the most productive, wholesome year that we've ever had with our families, people we work with. We give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.